One of the things my mother, Betty Ann, always said to us is just be kind to others. She said that. She still says it to this day. I say it to my son, Charlie, now. We need to be kind. We need to be kind to others. That's the message from Good Morning America's Adrian Bankert in her new book called Your Hidden Superpower. And we just saw her this morning on Good Morning America. And Adrian joins us now. Adrian, how are you? I am amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that story. I love hearing the generations of kindness in your family. Oh, my mother said that to us all the time. And boy, do we need kindness in our world right now, don't we? Yes, absolutely. It's not going away. It's something that's timeless, and it will never go out of style, that's for sure. Well, let me ask you a few questions. First of all, let's recap the last few months. It started with the pandemic. We were isolated for 90 days. Then it moved to anger after the George Floyd murder. And then we're all still anxious because (laughs) the future is so uncertain. There is a lot of pressure on us right now. How can we be kind when there's so much pressure on us? Well, you know, it's interesting because I've been having these conversations and I don't want people to think or mistake me when I say to be kind as something cutesy or let's just all get along or let's just all be kind and everything will be right with the world because that's not the truth because we don't have control over a lot of these things that have happened, right? And we don't have control over the timeline. Right. But what kindness has done for me is has kept me sane. It's really kept me from feeling overwhelmed by the emotions that come, by these humongous issues that we're all facing and that are affecting every single one of us in every way possible. And so for me, I I remember feeling this like intensity around everything going on that I wanted to fix, but I couldn't. And so I thought, what can I do? And I busted out my own book because I thought either this works or it doesn't. You know, I wrote this before everything in 2020, um, right. and so I thought, what do I do? And the one thing that I wrote at times of personal crisis, when I didn't know who I was, where I was, what I was, I knew I could say one thing about myself that was true. I am kind. And so knowing that, positioning myself in that identity, gave me a knee-jerk response of compassion, even in the midst of crisis. Right. So that gave me an incentive to give an action step to do something kind for other people. And in thinking about other people, it kept me focused. It kept me creative. You know, I got out of my own box in my own head. Yeah. And I started thinking about ways that I really could provide answers instead of stewing on all the problems. We live in Chicago, very trying times right now, as in New York, where you live. Our first reaction is is to be defensive or react negatively. How, how do we change that first reaction to kindness? You know, I, um, I share a story in the book about when I first started in news. And as you know, uh, sometimes we work in very high-pressure situations where there's a lot of personalities, and it's a deadline that is minutes or seconds. And people say things that are snappy sometimes. Somebody had snapped at me. I wanted to respond with the same snappiness. This is at the beginning of my career, and I, some, for some reason, stopped myself. said, you know what, just keep your mouth shut, keep it moving. But I stewed on those feelings. I was very resentful. And I found out the next day that the man who snapped at me, his mother, had died the night before. Oh, boy. And he lived with his mom. And I literally, I can feel it still now. I allow myself to feel the feeling. What if I would have snapped back? How would I have felt coming down on this guy, whether he deserved it or not, who's mourning his mother. I just thought of my own life and mourning a parent. And I kept that with me 
my 20-something-year-old self said, I will never judge somebody who snapped because they could have had somebody die. And so in my mind, when somebody snaps at me, I try to pull up and conjure up that feeling inside of me. Again, because in that moment of defensiveness, you sometimes only have a millisecond to choose whether you're going to respond or not. And that could be on social media when you want to just give it to somebody who said something that you don't agree with or in a conversation with a colleague or a family member. And a lot of times in life, you'll hear this life advice like, oh, well, live like it's your last day. Oh boy! And I've learned, no, live like it's their last day. Adrian, we say that all the time, especially during the pandemic. We've had so many therapists and psychotherapists and psychologists on this show. We're talking with Adrian Bankard. Uh, her book is called Your Hidden Superpower. Wait a beat before you react. Just wait a beat. And when you wait a beat, you start thinking to yourself, okay. I don't need to be mean right now, or this reaction shouldn't happen. So you, you kind of pull yourself back. But everyone that's listening right now, can you give us tips or a roadmap to be kind to others? Because we're all so focused. We're going to work. We have our families to take care of. We're taking kids everywhere. How do we get to that roadmap? How can we be kind? Well, there are a few things. And one, I would say, you know, even with regards to social media and waiting a beat, um, because a lot of our con- conversations now are virtual with colleagues, with Zoom calls, yep. and with people who are friends and family who might disagree with us. It's on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And so I always say, like, do social media like you're famous. Have a person who can be a publicist for you in a sense. Like, call a friend and be like, I'm about to post this. What do you think? <laughs> or text them first, somebody who's trusted. If you veto power. Can if- I say this? When you have a question in your mind, about maybe I shouldn't post this, because sometimes we get that little inclination, right? But we're so emotional. We're so impassioned in that moment. Yeah. And so, you know, have a representative. That's one thing. Number two, a lot of people have to be kind from their sofas right now and from their homes because they're not quite out in the public life as much as possible. Like we are in New York, we're still safer at home uh, overall, even though the traffic's starting to pick up. Venmo somebody and say, I want to take you to coffee. Because we would be doing that. We would be taking people to coffee. We would be taking people to lunches. Right. And the human interaction. You know, to get back to your um, your posting on social media where you have to ask the question. I've always said if you have to ask someone else or ask the question if it should be posted, do not post it. It's always yeah, a bad idea. That's, a, that's good advice. But it's just in our lives right now, we're so busy that sometimes we're reacting. Right. And uh, the Venmo, I have I have a very large family, so I have 23 nieces and nephews, and I have a lot in college, and I will always Venmo them money um, a few times a year just saying, hey, I'm going to buy you pizza, you and your friends pizza for dinner. Aww. You're right. It works. It does work. I love that. And it keeps you connected. Your nieces and nephews will remember. I promise you, they'll remember that when they're 60 years old. My uncle did this for me in college. And that will give them the incentive to want to do something similar for their family members. Right. I agree. We're talking with Adrienne Bankert. Her book is entitled Your Hidden Superpower. One of the uh, chapters is, is entitled Resilience in a Crazy World. Many people don't know what to say when someone is grieving or need help. What would you suggest? Well, I think that you really do have to get creative because I think people start to button up. You know, they don't want to say anything more after that first day that they hear it. A lot of us are in denial about grief and about death. I personally had a very big struggle with it. I talk about that in the book. And so what I found is that people who are grieving really need somebody to give them something consistent that they may not think of because their head is not in that space. And so for me, it was like, can I 
you know, again, Venmo you something. Can I order you dinner right. so that you don't have to think about cooking? Um, I talk about a time as a friend where I actually paid for a ticket so she could go out and see her mother before she passed. But And a lot of people don't have that, but they do have points. They still have points left from when they weren't traveling. Yeah. And they still are able to, you know, think about, can I give you a gift card, you know, from one of your favorite airlines or one of your favorite restaurants or one of your favorite stores or see if there's anybody in my family who you would trust to watch your kids. It's those things that we do every day, but we're not in a headspace to think about the everyday because life is so not normal. And so bringing them that consistency of normalcy in the midst of a time of grieving is one of the best gifts you can give. Right. You've interviewed so many uh, celebrities over the years. What did Brad Pitt teach you? Brad Pitt, my goodness. It was so cool to actually um, sit down with him because he had, you know, just penned a very personal um, article about his life and some of his struggles, and he was doing this big movie, and I asked him about when he went into a scene, like, does he ever take a piece of what he'd gone through personally into that scene? He said, absolutely. He would, you know, use emotions like grief, like loneliness, like anger in that scene. And I said, well, well, don't you feel like that afterwards? You know, you're in this deeply intense, impassioned, emotional moment. What do you do after that? And he said, oh, no, I've shaked, you know, kind of basically I shake that off. Like I let that go and I'm on to the next thing. And I know that in our lives, it can feel like we are still in that thing. Like, how do we go to the next scene? This isn't a movie. Right. But in order to, like, I, I think I liken it to a mom. She's pregnant and she's about to give birth. That baby is coming. That baby is taking over, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> and so <laughs> allowing, allowing life to change and allowing yourself to say, you know what, there's things that are coming, yeah. and there's nothing I can do about it. In a sense, you know, I can't change how this person feels about me. I can't change how this child is choosing to live their life. So I have to get myself in a mindset where I'm going to focus on what I can control, and that is that I am kind. Right. And just the resiliency of Brad Pitt, just to say, you know, I'm not going to let that feeling last longer than this scene. For me, I've had to do that in my life so I could do a good job on camera. And uh, you and I share a love for a a famous celebrity. His name is Dwayne Johnson, and I saw your Twitter. (laughs) Yes, I love The Rock. I love his motivational videos. I I know he makes 20 or $30 million a picture, and that'll keep a person happy, but just his everyday Instagram motivating people and trying to put out that positive message every single day, I just love him. He is a gem of a person, and he he really has reciprocated great kindness and still have so many others. And one last thing, we just had Dan Harris, your colleague from Good Morning America on a few weeks ago, talking about his meditation app, 10% Happier. I love Dan. Is it a prerequisite if you work on Good Morning America weekend that you have to have a self-help book? Is that part of the resume? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) And I don't don't call this self-help. I call this more personal development, but I call what people would call self-help or self-care, community care. Because if we don't take care of ourselves, making sure to take the time to meditate, to read, to enrich yourself, to work on a vision board, to plan, to have quiet time where you can just be with your thoughts. Quiet time. such an investment in not just you, but all the people you touch so that you can be fueled 
to be kind. We talk about quiet time all the time. Good morning, America's Adrian Bankard. Her <laughs> book is called Your Hidden Superpower. Thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Take care. Definitely. Bye-bye.